Welcome to Six Count. I'm your host, Zara Wild, bringing you the jazz and swing scene from the Capital Region. Well, Tim, thank you so much for speaking with me today. It's my pleasure, it always is. So I spoke with Skip a little bit while back, Skip Parsons, right. and it sounds like you guys go way back and have been playing for a while. Well, I moved here in 1974, and I joined his band a couple of years later, but he started his band in 1956, so he's been around for a long time. And for many years, we played at the Fountain on New Scotland Avenue. Now we're down at McGeary's in uh, downtown Albany. And how did you two first get connected through the jazz scene? Well, I met a man named Bob Rosenblum who was promoting jazz here in the Schenectady, Albany area. He would bring up well-known musicians from New York and put them together with local rhythm sections. And he got me playing with some of the great people from the swing era, like uh, Doc Cheatham, the trumpet player, and mm. Buddy Tate, the great tenor player. And then Skip Parsons heard that I was playing with these guys to figure I would fit into his kind of music. So when his drummer dropped out for one reason or another, he asked me to play, and I did. I also understand that you have a show for WAMC playing jazz. Can you um, tell me a little bit about that? Well, on Saturday nights, I'm on from 11 to midnight on WAMC 90.3 FM. It's a public radio station here in Albany. Been on there since 1987. Wow. And... Uh, I try to play some of the new releases that come out. They send me music every week from different companies, but I also have a huge collection of music myself, so I mix them up in in the show. And if uh, some great musician passes away, I do a tribute to him. If some great musician's having a birthday, I play some of his music. And I have people on my show from time to time who are doing one thing or another, got their own new CDs coming out. We talk about them play them so there's plenty to do plenty to air Mm. Uh, in one hour I try to squeeze in as much music as I can so it sounds like people not only go for the music but also a little bit of history and other news about the jazz scene yeah I have a weekly calendar that I take from uh, uh, the a place for jazz has a website we maintain a jazz calendar every week and I uh, use that to announce on my show what music is playing uh, in the various clubs around town, and also some of the bigger venues, too. And talk to me a little bit about A Place for Jazz. How did you get started with the organization? I understand you're a president now. It started in 1987 by a man named Butch Khan, who was uh, a member of the Unitarian Society in Schenectady. They have a, a great listening room, a circular room with a domed ceiling. The acoustics are terrific. He was at the Van Dyke restaurant in Schenectady, and back in the 80s, you could smoke and talk and do whatever you wanted to in restaurants. He was trying to listen to Earl Father Hines, one of the great jazz pioneers, and he said there's got to be a place for jazz where people can just come and listen. And knowing this great acoustic space was available, he prevailed on the Unitarian Society to put on these concerts, a series of concerts, each fall. And he called it a place for jazz because that's what he was trying to find, a place for jazz. And they started out with some, uh, about three or four concerts, I think, and then it gradually morphed into a five concert series every fall. We start in September and we finish up in early October. Hmm. Now I'd like to talk a little bit about you as a musician and I'm wondering if you feel like the drums chose you or or you chose the drums and what draws you? Well I started out playing clarinet when I was a kid and, and it's a very demanding instrument as Skip Parsons will tell you. Mm-hmm. And then when I started listening to jazz I was attracted to the rhythmic aspect of it and so I just one day decided to buy a set of drums and see if I could play it. I knew some local drummers. I'm from Utica originally, and uh, listened to some local drummers up there and tried to emulate what they did. Then I took some lessons from a man who 
directed a drum and bugle corps in Utica, so that taught me some other things. And then when I got down here, uh, Bob Rosenblum knew I liked traditional jazz, and so he hooked me up with some of the people that he was bringing to town. And then, that's, as I said before, Skip heard me heard that I was playing with those guys, and then he hired me for his band. And uh, I, I've listened to a lot of great drummers on records, and I've had a chance to meet some of them in person. I wouldn't say that any of them gave me any advice, but uh, just listening to what they do, and also watching them on videos, uh, is a great encouragement. Hmm. So that's how I progressed, if I did. And I think there's always the musicians that most people know from being household names if you grow up in a jazz kind of family like I did. Right. Um, but are there any drummers who have been more on the outskirts that have caught your eye or others who might have influenced you that just aren't possibly on the top ten tracks? Well, certainly I know most, uh, you know, have listened to most of the famous drummers that are on records, Buddy Ridge, G. Krupa, uh, Philly Joe Jones, and some of the drummers from the swing era who may not be as well known now because th their music is somewhat in the past. But uh, the original Count Basie band had the great Joe Jones on drums. I always enjoyed listening to him. And uh, almost every record that you buy has a good drummer on it. You can listen to, you can pick something up from everybody. In some ways, I think the drums really center the music and focus it because without that, I think it'd be very difficult to find a shared rhythm and beat. And so in some ways, it seems like the backbone of the band. Well, that's true. In fact, uh, I don't play many drum solos. I just like to keep time, play, play with the music, and uh, listen to what everybody else is playing and sort of maybe do some little thing that accentuates it a bit and keep it moving. It's so different to dance to a live band. It feels so much more alive and that there's so much more room for expression. I'm wondering what that relationship is like or what it's like to be on the band side. Well, I think that most musicians enjoy having people dance to their music. Uh, Jeff Hamilton, the great drummer, said the same thing. He said, people get up and start to dance. That makes a whole new different thing. And uh, Mel Lewis, the great drummer uh, from New York, said the same thing. You know, people get up to dance. That's great. We can, we can feel it. The old-time drummers especially commented on that. He said, uh, he said uh, we, we feed off the dancers. People like Chick Webb, who drummed at the Savoy Ballroom back in mm. the 30s, said that. And they, they were playing for the dancers. And a lot of the old tunes had the, had the word dance in the title. Mm. Benny Goodman's theme was Let's Dance. Yes. That, that was his theme song, and he played for a lot of dances. Something I've asked a couple of the guests so far is, have there been moments where you feel like the music takes you in the sense that you are kind of lost in the moment and that it's almost transcendental in a way. Well, I know what you mean. It, it feels that, that way to me sometimes. Um, Louis Armstrong used to say that uh, at a certain point that we're rolling now. He had the feeling and the band members had the feeling that they were, it's a feeling of moving forward into, hmm. the, into the next bar, the next phrase. Yeah, definitely it feels that way. If we get to the end of a song where we're getting ready to wind it up, you can just feel the energy level lift a little bit as you move toward the last, the out chorus. Yeah, it feels, it feels like every song has a bit of a story and you're brought up through different emotions and you're doing that together with someone and it's just so joyful. I think. Oh, it's absolutely the case. Then the slow tunes are, you know, reflective and somewhat bluesy and... Uh, 
I like the old tunes that we play with Skip Parsons because they have uh, nice melodies and they have real feeling to them. But the fast things are good too because they, they uh, give you a lot of energy and they project that energy to the audience. Um, and are there certain styles, you just mentioned bluesy and there's lots of different variations of jazz, but are, is there one in particular that you're drawn to? Well, I seem to be playing, I've played a lot with Skip, and I, I grew up listening to Dixieland music first, then I got into big bands, and then I got into the uh, bebop movement and the music of the West Coast back in the 50s. Of course, all the big bands, the Count Basie Band and the Terry Gibbs Band and all these great bands that I listened to. I played a lot of trio music where I get to play brushes and, uh, you know, standard tunes, great uh, tunes. Peggy Delania that I play with a lot is a wonderful pianist, and she has all kinds of great tunes. We play bossa novas and swing tunes and, uh, you know, blues tunes from the past and things. She writes a lot of tunes, too. That's another thing about a lot of the local musicians. Are, many of them are composers and they write their own tunes and arrangements, hmm. which, which also makes the scene bright. Absolutely. Now, do you also write music? No. I, I have enough trouble playing it. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll be right back with Six Count. I'm your host, Zara Wild. Stay with us. We'd like to thank Giants of Jazz Radio, based in Lancashire, England, for airing this show. The station brings you the best in classic jazz, playing tracks from the 1940s through the 70s. You can support the station by visiting their website at giantsofjazzradio.co.uk and clicking donate. And now, back to the show. Looking ahead, what do you think that the scene needs to do to continue to make sure that the music is carried on and that people still can enjoy it and access live music? Well, I always tell, I always say on my calendar that it's always better when it's live music because I think it is. When you sit there and listen to or dance to a group of people who are actually performing, that's a lot different than just listening to music, which is, has its own rewards too. But I hope that the, the local club owners will be able to give the local bands a chance to play and, uh, you know, let, let them do their thing. And uh, I, don't know, I don't know how we can encourage that except to bring in some customers, which so far we've been able to do down at McGeary's. Hmm. We'll see how that goes. I'm part of the swing community that um, is part of Lindy Focus, and that's a big event in Asheville, North Carolina, where it's right after Christmas up till New Year's, and one of their initiatives was to bring back Chick Webb's music, and so they were trying to raise money to chart those tunes. Hmm. And so I, I do see a lot of work being done to recover some of those music, and that gives me hope. That's great. I hope they hope they. Uh, that's great music. I have a few great albums by by Chick Webb's band, and he was quite an amazing drummer. The band itself was amazing too. Hmm. And uh, I was thinking of putting together a show around the theme of the Savoy Ballroom. Oh wow! Some of the bands that played there, including his band, plus some of the songs that were written about the Savoy Ballroom, and uh, maybe do an hour just in a tribute to that that era. There's some great videos too of the of the Chick Webb Band and the Savoy Ballroom dancers especially. You've yes. probably seen those. I know, I look at them and they're spinning upside down oh, and yeah. being you, thrown in the air. That's right. It looks, <laughs> you need to be athletically inclined. But that's the way they did. In fact, there's a Chick Webb number called 
on Harlem Congo, which is really fast. Mm. And you can hear, you can see videos of people dancing to that, even at that tempo. And then at the end, they slow it down. And they call that walking the dancers off the floor. Oh. <laughs> so they would finish their dance and sit down. I love when there is a swing dance and there's dance jams where everyone crowds and there's two dancers in the middle and then people swap in and out and oh, everyone's yeah. clapping. Well, I haven't seen that happen, but it could happen at one of the swing dances over here or maybe during the dance flurry. I don't know. I'll That'll have to be add. my next goal to make that happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, just keep coming out and listening. I hope you come down and listen to us some night. I would love to. And, and lastly, I, I remembered, where can people go to A Place for Jazz? Oh, we have a website, aplaceforjazz.org. I want to give you some cards later of our fall schedule. Oh, great. And, uh, yeah, we have a website, aplaceforjazz.org. And uh, we have tickets available now for the fall concert series. We offer a deal to our mem. If people sign up for a certain membership level, they get tickets to five concerts plus a certain number of extra tickets depending on what mm. the size of their contribution is but we hope that uh, we have a good audience this fall as we have been for the last uh, I don't know 50 40 some years so in addition to a place for jazz and then your regular gigs at McGeary's and other places they can also catch you on WAMC from 11 to 12 on Saturdays that's right well Tim thank you so much it's been my pleasure Thank you for listening to Six Count. I'm your host, Zara Wild, and that was Tim Coakley. This show is listener-supported. If you're interested in contributing to the project, you can find the link to our donations page on our website at sixcount.simplecast.com. Your support is greatly appreciated. You can let me know what you thought of the episode or who I should speak to next by emailing me. I'm at sixcountpodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter at sixcountpodcast. With Donna Lee.